What's going on everybody? My name is Tristan and you're about to watch the Bethel Moments podcast. But before we get into this, make sure you subscribe, comment, and share. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of the Bethel Moments podcast. I'm so excited. Today I have my Uncle Ken back on. We did the first episode with him and now he's back on again to speak a message to you guys. That honestly, I believe is going to change some lives. He's got a lot of intelligence up here and he has a big heart and an amazing connection to the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go ahead and welcome him and uh, Uncle Ken, welcome. <laughs> Tristan, you're so funny. I love you. You are an awesome man of God. And I'm excited that you asked me, even though this is not something I really like to do, but I'm here because uh, I love you and I love what God is doing with you. And I love that you are listening to him and responding to him. So it's it's awesome as an uncle to watch your nephew uh, walk out the kingdom of God, right? And that's what you're doing in this way and in a lot of other ways, but I get to see it. And so one of the things you'd asked me to talk about was forgiveness, right? And I believe forgiveness is a kingdom lifestyle, mm. right? It, it's actually the lifestyle we're, we're supposed to be living. Mm. I believe that we should forgive even if there's nothing to forgive, yeah. that we live a lifestyle of forgiveness even when we're not, you know, being offended. So, but anyway, so I have a quest, couple questions for you before I get started. You know, like, so let me ask you, what do you think forgiveness is, Tristan? So I think that forgiveness is releasing uh, resentment or uh, things that you're holding against someone um, that they, they uh, uh, have done you wrong or you feel like they've done you wrong and you're releasing them from that and you're uh, moving on from them. Yeah. Oh, that's good. What, what about that? What do you think offense is, right? Because you said is, there's an offense there. What do you think it is? Yeah, so um, I think offense could be um, you holding something against somebody or you're uh, uh, putting up a boundary or something to block people from um, connecting with you or you're uh, upset with somebody and uh, you take it to heart or something like that. And you basically... You're, so, go ahead. Basically, you're not... You're not um, you're not connecting with them anymore and you're walking around with with that resentment, um, the opposite of forgiveness. I mean, so just to summarize what I think you're saying, you're saying that you can be offended by something they did to you or you can be offended by something you think they did, whether they did it or not. Yeah. So you can be offended both ways and then you might need to forgive them even if they didn't do anything. Mm. See, that's why I think the kingdom of God is a kingdom of forgiveness and we're going to forgive people even when there's nothing to forgive because i don't believe forgiveness has anything to do with the other person in regards to us it does for them and i'll show that later but for us right being held captive right they might not even know that we've done it they might i mean they might not even know they had a, a cause of offense to us because they weren't doing anything to offend us we just took it that way right so it's like I could have so I could be offended with somebody because they're just in opposition of the way I think. Mm. If I think one thing and they disagree, look at the world right now. We're so divided, right? All these people are what? In opposition of everybody of what they think. Mm. They don't even know each other. Yeah. Right? Just that opposition. It's interesting because opposition is the devil's trap. He 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 causes opposition between us. So that not we don't come in agreement, and that's something for another day. If I talk about offense ever, but what about this? What do you think that the evidence is that you understand or we understand that Jesus 
has forgiven us particularly? Like what would be the evidence of that? Yeah, so we were kind of talking, I was thinking that um, it's kind of like Jesus says, forgive because you've been forgiven, right? So I think that um, evidence of you showing that you've been forgiven is by forgiving others. So um, you're showing the love for Jesus and you're showing uh, his forgiveness when you're forgiving, you're releasing people of that resentment because he, he gave you undeserved forgiveness. Oh, that's good. What about this? What about forgiving yourself, right? So if you understand Jesus's forgiveness, you're going to understand that he also forgave you. So are you just going to forgive others or are you going to forgive yourself? That's a hard question. That's a hard right? Question. Yeah. It's the hardest question because most, most of us hold ourselves accountable to things that Jesus has already forgiven us. And easily we can forgive other people generally right? Because they, that we don't know them the way we know ourselves. So when we truly start to understand Jesus's forgiveness and his work on the cross, what he did for us, right? We start to realize that he forgave us and we're able to walk in forgiveness for us. That's why when Paul says, I forgive, and I forgive even if there's nothing to forgive, who also does he forgive? Even he talks about forgiving him, himself, right? Because of the realization, because it's difficult to forgive yourself right forgiveness is simple but not easy mm. it's very simple god has already forgave everybody right yes. and now he's talking to us about forgiving people and there's reasons why he wants us to so it's a really simple thing but it's not easy to do especially when we want to hold on because because being offended sometimes makes us what feel good whoa right because we're the victim. How can we be wrong, right? If we're a victim, then somebody did something to us. So we actually want to hold on to that because we feel like we're a victim. That's why the opposite of being a victim is being a creator. Mm. See, instead of being a victim, you're creating things. So you don't allow yourself to be that victim. You create out of, outside of offense. It's an interesting thought, and we're not going to go into that today, but but it's there because I think that the evidence that you understand that Jesus has done his work for us to be forgiven is that we walk in forgiveness. Mm -hmm. We forgive even when there's nothing to forgive. Right. And so, and there's a reason that God wants to offend is because offense is going to come. Right. It, it matter of fact, matter of fact, it's a guarantee to what to come. Mm -hmm. Jesus even says that in Luke, it's impossible. Right. Luke 17 it's impossible that no offense will come, right? So if he guarantees that, like, it's coming, right? Yeah. And he says this, but woe to anyone that it, who it comes through. And it's an interesting thing because I think that it has to do with unforgiveness. And later I'm going to talk about Matthew and how unforgiveness really affects the person that, right, has done the offense and the person being offended. Mm. And so he gives us a way to be released from that and also to release other people that have offended us, right? And I'm gonna share that later in uh, Matthew. And it's quite interesting to me. But I find these things interesting in Luke, when you go to Luke 17 and you get down to verse four, right? And I'm not gonna, well, I'm gonna go to three. So he says, watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to, uh, to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them, right? Mm. Now, the truth is that's that's 
hard, right? Remember I said it's simple, but it's not easy. And here's, you can see this in the apostles, I think, because when you go to verse five, the apostles are doing this. They said, okay, so after he says that, they say, so Lord, increase our faith, right? Why do they say that? Because they're thinking, I can't do this. I don't understand how to do this. And then Jesus later in, in, in Matthew, he's going to go into teaching them how to do it and why to do it. And it's going to be all about, you know, how to forgive people and why it matters to them and to us. Right. And so this is another in Matthew 24, it talks about and then many of them will be offended. Right. And they will betray each other and they will hate one another. Right. And doesn't that like feel like what's going on right now? It's like, man, everywhere you turn. I stopped watching television, the news and everything, because it feels like they're trying to cause each other to hate each other for things that don't even seem a reason to hate. Like it's, it, you know, not even evil, just they just try to pose us against each other. And that's an interesting thing, because that's like what's happening in Matthew 24. And the reason I bring Matthew 24, because I'm going to talk about Matthew a little bit. Okay. Right. That's what that's. And what happens here is this. Our love will grow cold, it says in Matthew 24:12. Right? I'm going to read it. And then many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets, right? A false prophet just has the wrong heart. He might actually hear from God, but he's saying the wrong things, he's meaning the wrong things. His heart is wrong. He could still hear from God, but what's false about it is his heart, right? And they're going to rise up and they're going to deceive many, it says. And because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Mm. That, that's why I think that the, one of the most important principles of God is forgiveness, is because of that right there. Because once you start to not forgive people and you start to hold offense, right, you're going to become like a, a, fence, a wall. Why do people put a, on a house, on a piece of property, why do people put a fence up? Mm. They want to keep people what? Go ahead. They want to keep people out. Mm -hmm. Right? And they also want, what happens when you build a fence and you close it up, nobody gets in and nobody gets out. out. Right? You're trying to keep your kids from getting out. You're trying to keep all this stuff from getting out into danger. And when you, and you, But at the same time, you're trying to stop danger from coming in. Right? That's why we put fences up. But if you go to Proverbs 18, 19, it says this. A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city disputes are like a barred gates on a citadel so think about this when you're wrong right you're being what offended by somebody mm -hmm. even if it's not right you can still do this right even if they didn't really offend you but you have it in your mind that they did mm -hmm. because you had a wrong idea a preconceived idea of how they felt about you can cause you to be offended by somebody that they didn't even mean to offend you mm -hmm. Preconceived ideas are sin, right? And they cause us to have ideas in us that prevent us from forgiving, right? So we got to be cautious of that. But when you look at that, when you see the, the city, it's a fortified city. And in the old days, they fortified cities so nobody could get what? Nobody can get in. And? Nobody can get out. Right, because what would in, in the old days, all these bad guys would come and try to, in the middle of the night, when would they raid you? Mm-hmm. So they barred all that up so all the bad guys couldn't get in. But when that's barred up, right, can any good guys get out? So if you think about that in relationship to God, right, are we, 
when we become offended, are we allowing God to come into our life, into our heart, right, and speak to us? Or is that being offended stopping them? That's what Proverbs is saying. We become like a fortified city. It's unyielding. You're not going to let anything out. You're not going to let anything in. It's interesting. It's like having in the in the castle days, if I picture it like this, where you have a, a wall going all the way around, right? And then you have a moat outside of that wall with a bridge that comes across the citadel gate, right? And the bridge, and so the bridge comes over the moat, but they put a second wall all the way around the city again. So if bandits come, they got to go up and over the first wall, right? And then they end up where? In the moat. And all they can do is what? Go around the moat over and over and over again, right? That's what that's what being offended is like. You're in the moat and you're going around in circles over and over, and you can't get out of it. You have no way to get out because it's fortified. And then the same thing, if you're a person inside that fortified city, how do you get out, right? If you're not, and, and we know how to get out. Forgiveness is the way to get out of offense, and I'm going to share that. But how do you get out there? And then they put this gate up there, right, with where you can see everything, right, but nothing can come in. You could be trying to listen, right? But nobody can actually enter into your heart, right? So, so where do we hear God's voice, right? We hear him inside of us, right? We could hear him outside. That's what we all pray for, even though, right, Jesus sent, you know, came so that we could hear him inside of us. That was one of the relationship part, right? And that's the thing about having offense. Offense with you, if you were offended with me, what would happen to our relationship? I was offended with you what would happen to our relationship i think that if i was holding it against you it would deteriorate and you wouldn't what i wouldn't talk to you so if you're offended against yourself mm-hmm. you have unforgiveness for yourself what are you not doing with yourself not talking to yourself. you're not listening huh Mm-mm. what about this if you're offended with me like i just said you're not going to listen to anything that i have to say no. but what about this what if you're offended by God? Can you be offended by God? Hmm. Can God do anything that cause offense? A tricky question. <laughs> that one's hard. Right? See, I don't believe, uh, so I believe that we can be offended by God because mm-hmm. we don't understand, because we're hurt, because of pain, because we don't, you know, we don't have that tight relationship. Yeah. But can God do anything that is going to make uh, the, any type of sin to sin against us? No. So we have no real reason to be offended with him, but I believe that we can hold things against him. And let's say somebody died in our family, right? I have my nephew die, your cousin. Mm-hmm. And can you feel offended? Like, why did he die? I don't understand, Lord. And a lot of people get offended by that and don't understand. So they hold on to it and then they hold God accountable for something that's a natural thing. That's actually a principle, mm-hmm. right? People are going to die. Mm-hmm. People are going to be born. That's part of the principles of God. He's growing his kingdom. That makes sense? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so forgiveness is a kingdom lifestyle, right? It's not simple, but it it it, it is simple, but it's not easy. Mm. Right? So offense is going to come. You see that. That's what I wanted you to see. It's not going to not come, right? You can't stop it from coming. It's like you can't stop thoughts from coming from your head, right? You can just capture them when they come to your head. It's that same principle, okay? 
but what about this? So me, I want like, I want to show that that we are actually in a kingdom of God and his his kingdom is about forgiveness, right? And it's about giving free. One of my favorite scriptures is a Galatians 5.1 is it says, I freed you for freedom's sake, never again to be in a yoke of bondage. Right. And bondage is not is not being in what? When you're in bondage, you're not in peace. And, and he's the king of peace. We're, we're children of peace. Knowing that we're in when we are offended, we're not in what? We're not in peace. Right. And Matthew talks about that. Mm. We're going to actually be tormented when we have unforgiveness. Mm. Right. So 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 Paul's saying there, hey. Jesus did what Jesus did, right? He got on the cross and sacrificed himself and gave himself up for us so that we could actually be free, never to again be in a yoke of bondage, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus came to put, uh, uh, 1 John 3, Jesus came to do what? Put the works of the devil down. The work of the devil is to put us in bondage. That's why opposition is the devil's trap. He tries to trap us with opposition. Right. That's part of his work. That's why that's why forgiveness gets rid of it. Mm. It's one of the ways of getting rid of the, you know, the the uh, the devil's trap is forgiveness. Mm. But then in, in so here is another part of this. I love this scripture. It's in John 20, 21 through 23. I just love it. He says this. He says, peace be with you as the father has sent me. I am sending you. And with that. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And this is interesting because then he says this. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive their sins, they are not forgiven. Look how powerful it is as a man and woman of God. How much how much we have that we need to be forgiving everybody, even if there's nothing to forgive. That scripture, when I read that, I'm like, I need to be a man of God that is forgiving Everywhere I go, no matter what, Mm. right? Because God has trusted us to forgive. That's what it says to me. He's trusted within me to go around forgiving people for what they've done. Mm. It's interesting, right? Like what power do we have? And you know, he's given it to the people that receive the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about people that have that Holy Spirit in them that are born again, right? And then, and then 2 Corinthians, and, and, I'm not, and this is 5 through 11, but I'm only going to cover 10 because I don't want to read this whole thing. But he says this. This is from Paul, right? 13 books of the Bible. Um, he says this. If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Why does he do this? In order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not un, we are not unaware of his schemes, right? So what are we? Why are we forgiving? In order for Satan. that scripture right there, Tristan says to me, is this: I need to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. I need to forgive, even if there's what nothing to forgive, hmm. right? If there was anything to forgive, I forgive, right? He's saying that I forgive, even if there's nothing to forgive. I walk a lifestyle of forgiveness. Mm. And that's what that's what we seem to forget. We don't understand that offense is going to come, that we can't stop it. We're going to offend ourselves. 
our wife is going to offend us. Something about Wanda, you know, your aunt and I. So one of the things that I've learned, right, is everything is spiritual. So if I know the enemy is coming to, uh, the, the enemy is the one that comes and tries to offend me, and I know Wanda's full of the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit going to do that? No. Do I know Wanda's character enough in her to not be offended by what she does? Because she's going to do things. Didn't the Bible say that things are going to come to me and offend me? She's going to do things that offend me. But I have to know her well enough. I have to know God well enough, right, that I don't allow what she does, right? Because can can they be used by the devil? That's what that says right there. So I need to know her well enough that the Holy Spirit lives in her, and she's not going to do anything on purpose to offend me. And that's how I can easily forgive her. Because everything that she does that does offend me, either I'm being offended for something that I have of myself, or she did something that she really didn't. It's not really her that did it. She's a woman of God. She has the Holy Spirit living in her. So when I, and Paul says, I view all people what? Spiritual. And that's how he can walk in forgiveness. He views all of people spiritual. Remember Ephesians 6, right? The armor of God, right? For principalities. Why do you put the armor of God on? right? Because there are principalities out there, and they're after you, right? They can't hurt God. The devil and all his dominion can't hurt God. All he can go after is, all that he can go after is, is something that God loves with everything he has, and guess who that is? It's us, right? So if he comes and tries to keep us bound up in unforgiveness, bound up in pain, right? Being tortured, then we're not living at peace. And if we're not living at peace, how does that affect our relationship? Because Jesus died for us to have what? Relationship. Didn't he? Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing he did, right? He died for that, right? Jesus is our invitation. The Holy Spirit is our deposit. And our Father is our inheritance. That's what Jesus did. On the cross, he gave everything up, right? Even to the point where sin he became sin, so he would have that understanding. Even though he didn't sin, he became it so he can understand, right? So that he can give us the opportunity for the Father to be our inheritance, right? The Holy Spirit to be our deposit, and he was the invitation. Mm. It's an amazing thing. Mm. And I don't know why I brought that up, but that's in there. I mean, that is so true, mm. right? And so what he's done for us is for us to live a lifestyle of forgiveness, live a lifestyle of peace, right? Yeah. Because we have to know, right? You're not my enemy. Human beings are not my enemy, right? So when we're forgiving them, right? We're walking that lifestyle and it, it stops the enemy from using his traps against us. Mm -hmm. So listen to Ephesians here. I find this quite interesting. And so a lot of people, and the reason I brought this scripture into it is because of this. Because a lot of people have said what? That they forgive people, but they continue to live in a cycle where they're feeling all the pain, they're upset, they're hurt, right? Which tells me, right, they're not forgiving. And I'll explain more of that later when we get to Matthew 18. But what I want to see, but what it is in Ephesians 4, and I'm just going to go to 39 because it talks about get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and all this form of malice, right? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Why, why don't we want to grieve the Holy Spirit, right? And what is it to grieve the Holy Spirit? To me, grieving the Holy Spirit 
when we're hurting, right, it makes him hurt. There's nothing we can do that's going to, you know, to cause that. But when I'm hurting because I'm doing these things, right, it hurts God. When I'm walking, when I'm not walking in the kingdom of forgiveness, right, he's hurting because I'm hurting. But he says this in 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So this is my question, and this is a real question. I'm not going to answer this. I'm going to leave it for you, right? How did God forgive us? And it's not a test. Like, how did he? So when God actually forgave us, what did he do? We'll come back to it if you want. Yeah. I know I didn't tell you that question, right? We didn't talk about this. Is a, but this is something that I noticed. A lot of people think they can forgive in their mind, yeah. right? I think that that God God forgave us when He died on the cross. I think that um, what He did was He experienced what we went through, like you said. You know, He experienced the sin, um, and in what how He forgave us was through His Son. He forgave us through His Son. He brought us back into. Uh, the relationship with him, you know? Um, and I think that he forgives us when we ask for forgiveness because we're repenting from what we've done. So we're turning away from it. Now, this is a question. Did he forgive all your sins before you created all your sins? Before you did all your sins? I, I believe so. So he forgave you already for everything that you did and everything that you're going to do once you become born again and you know him. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's what I find from a lot of people when I pray with them about for uh, for having unforgiveness, and we pray because that's what we should do as as men and women of God is pray with people, believers and unbelievers. Mm -hmm. But but what did Jesus do? Jesus says that he forgot your sins from what east to west. Mm -hmm. So he both forgave your sins, right, and then he forgot what you did, and that's what's hard to do. And I don't think he forgets them. I think that he chooses not to what? Remember. Remember them. Because he knows everything, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think it matters for us. Because lots of people that say to me, they've said, I just can't forgive. I've tried over and over and over to forgive them, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with that, what I found is they're forgiving them from their mind. And that's not what we're supposed to forgive from. And I'll show that later. We're actually supposed to be forgiving from our heart and forgetting from our mind. Interesting thought, huh? Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. So Matt, and then, and then here. So here's another thing about forgiveness, Matthew 6, 19 through 15, right? And this is like, everybody knows this prayer, right? Everybody knows this prayer, or most everybody. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come will be done, uh, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive, uh, have forgiven other debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. Hmm. What I want you to look at is verse 13, right? I mean, verse 12. Verse 12 says this, and he... The prayer is asking God to forgive us our debts 
as we also what? Have forgiven other debtors. So God's response to us forgiving other people is going to be what? That he forgave us. Yeah. Right? And that's that's the thing. Who's forgiving first there? Yeah. Interesting thought, huh? Yes. Right? Because for if we forgive other people, our Heavenly Father is also going to forgive us. Right? Mm -hmm. For where you forgive, but it's also if you do not forgive other their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. That is hard to take as a Christian. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> He's already forgiven all our sins. And now we're reading this scripture where it says, wait a minute, right? So you can see the power in forgiveness, how powerful it is for our own life, for all the people that we walk around with that we get offended by to forgive them. Right? That's what Matthew 18 is going to show you. And I want to, that's what I really wanted to get to. And so, but the last couple things is, is James 5, and I'm not going to read this because I know this, right? This is, and you can go back to James 5, 15 and 16, but this is what it is. If you got something going on, right, you can go to a righteous person and they can pray with you and, and he is faithful to what? Heal you. So what I want to get from that is this, if you have something that you can't get rid of, right? If they have sinned, right? right? They will be forgiven, right? Because you're going to come with other people that know Jesus and belong to him. And you're going to pray and you're going to confess your right stuff. And they're going to be able to pray with you and, and God's going to come in and forgive you, mm. right? You actually came out and said it, right? Yes. I believe that's when you can't get rid of it when you're walking in your daily life. Because listen to James 1.9. And James 1.9 is this, if, I, if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Right? Mm. Think about this. I, I feel like God has showed me that, that 1 John 1, 9 is about walking my life out with Jesus. And I'm just walking, having what? A relationship. And a relationship is about what? Communicating back and forth. Without that communication, can you have a relationship? Not at all. You can't have zero relationship. So I'm I'm walking my life out with him. I'm asking God to what? Right? I'm forgiving myself. He's faithful to do what? Forgive me. I I somebody comes up over here and offends me. I forgive them, right? Right? They're forgiven because I've forgiven them. I'm walking a lifestyle of forgiveness. That's what I think first John. And then every once in a while, and this has happened to me, honestly. I don't know why I can't just release the person. I just can't. And that's what James 5, 16 is about, praying with righteous people because their prayers are powerful and effective. Hmm. Right? So this is where I want to get into the meat of what I want to talk about. You asked me to talk about forgiveness. And I don't know how much time we have. I hope I got some time. Are right, cool? As much time as you want. Okay. Because this is really what I wanted to talk. But I wanted to set up this. Offense is going to come. This is it. Offense is going to come. You can't stop it. Sometimes the offense is real, and sometimes we make it real when it's not. Does that make sense? Like some people offend us for real. And sometimes we have preconceived ideas about people or things or our own ideas, and they come in opposition of what we think. 
And then we get offended by that because they're not in agreement with us, even though they didn't do anything to cause offense. They just didn't agree with us. Mm. And then I wanted to cover the part where you can feel offended by God, even though he can't do anything to offend you. Mm. Right. So when we're asking, when we're forgiving people, we should be forgiving ourselves because God already did it. We should be forgiving other people. And sometimes we got to forgive God, right? Even though there's nothing to forgive because we can't release it. And we need to allow that to happen in us because forgiveness really is about us. That makes sense. So when I'm doing this Matthew 18, I'm going to read through the scripture and I'm going to break it down a little bit because I think, and I'm going to go from Matthew 18, 15 through 35, but I'm going to, I'm going to break 15 through 17 down, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and then we'll go down to the next part, and then I'll break another part down, and we'll go down. Is that okay? Yeah. So Matthew 18, 15 through 17, it says, If your brother or sister sins against sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If you listen, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they have not, do not listen to you, take one or two others right along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if they still refuse to listen to you, tell them, uh, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen to the church, this is the part I want you to hear, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector, right? Now, you know the Jews, what? Hated tax collectors. They were Jewish people, but they hated them. And, the pagan, and they hated pagans. So the Samaritan lady was a pagan, right? Gentiles were pagan. So when Jesus is saying this, in the beginning when he says this, I would think that people were thinking, well, yeah, that's how we treat them, right? We want to we wanna treat them bad because they, don't, they haven't asked for forgiveness. They're not repenting. Remember, I said I believe that we're supposed to forgive even if there's nothing to forgive. So my question here when I first read this is, what did Jesus do with the pagans and the tax collectors? Because he's my example of how to treat people, not other people. I always go back to him and say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be looking like, being like, living like, right? My behavior, my actions, my thoughts, my ideas, all should be focused on him because his theology is what? Perfect. He sees God and knows God because he is God. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father, he tells Philip. So what did Jesus do, right? And how did he treat tax collectors? There's a lot about here, but Matthew was a tax collector and he said, come follow me, right? Matthew 9, 9. And I'm not going to run through the scriptures. Matthew 9, 11, right? Why he ate with tax collectors and sinners. Who were sinners? Jewish people and Gentiles, right? And we know he ate with a Gentile because she's there you know, even dog, even even the dogs eat from the master's table, the, the, the Gentile said to him. And he gave her food, right? What about Matthew eleven nineteen? The son of man, right? Is, is, this is the Pharisees, right? He's drinking with tax collectors and sinners, right? And it says, but wisdom is proved right by what? Deeds. This is what he's doing. Her, her deeds. Matthew 21, right? And we're talking about Matthew, right? That's why I wanted to use these scriptures out of Matthew. Right, Matthew 21, uh, 31 through 32, right? So with them, right, he comes in what? He's spending time with them. 
right? Which of the two of you did uh, did what this father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collector and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Who's entering the kingdom of God ahead of the Pharisees? Tax collectors who are hated by who? <laughs> right? And the sinners. It's inter- So there's a, something going on when you read that scripture up there, Matthew 18, right? It's not pointing them out and saying, right? Kick them out. Because a lot of people say we should kick them out, kick them out. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, no, bring them in. Love them. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Comfort them. Be able to help them so they can know me. Isaiah said, what about Isaiah? This is another thing. You know, this is an interesting thing, right? Isaiah, an angel comes and puts coal on Isaiah's lips because Isaiah feels like he's unclean lips. Coal out of heaven comes hot coal and cleanses Isaiah. It's interesting to me, right? Proverbs 25, 21, 22. If your enemy is hungry, right? Remember, the Gentiles are the Jews' enemy. The tax collectors are our enemy, right? That's true. That's why I bring these up because I read that and I'm like, I don't think Jesus is saying to kick them anywhere. He's saying to bring them in and love them. But if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. So go back to Isaiah 6, 5 through 6. The coal comes and does what? Cleanses Isaiah's lips. Cleanses of them all sin. Then what happens? You see in Proverbs, right? Feeding them, taking care of them, loving them will beat, will, will le- uh, keep burning the whole coals upon them, right? Right? On their head, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to clean them. It's going to come to them. And, you, the, and the Lord will reward you. He's not rewarding you for kicking them out. He's rewarding because you're loving them, because you're being loved to them. It's easy to love the lovable. It's hard to love the unlovable. Anybody can love the lovable. Not too difficult. But the ones that aren't lovable, the ones that offend you, the ones that you don't care for, the ones that their voice sounds really terrible to you, like a chalkboard, and drive you nuts, you don't want to love them. Even like, right, wisdom says a wise man will listen to a fool and learn when a foolish man will listen to a wise man and won't learn. It's that same principle. Right, we get we're like I'm not going to listen to that guy. He's an idiot, but that's wrong. I want to listen to the guy that doesn't know because I'm going to learn from him because I want to come to know Jesus more. I want to be more wise, right? So that's part of that. Now that's the part where, oh, and then the Samaritan. I want to talk to the Samaritan. John four ten. Jesus answered her, "If you knew the gift of God, and who it was asking you for a drink of water, you would have asked him." and he would have given you living water. What was he going to do? What did he end up doing? Giving her living water. She's the Samaritan, right? So how did he treat the tax collectors and the pagans, the Samaritans? He loved them. He brought them in. He let them know that God is real by having a relationship with them. Did he change? No. Did he say sin was right? No. But he loved them right where they're at. And then when you gaze upon Jesus, you become more like Jesus. You can't, nobody can get away from that. The more time they spend with Jesus, the more you become like him. It's a principle of God. So that's that first part. 
Because I want you to realize, Tristan, I want everybody to realize he's actually talking about forgiveness right there. In Matthew 18, 15 through 17, he's actually talking about forgiveness because he's talking to the disciples, right? So he's telling a story to the disciples, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, right? So when then you go to then you go to the next part of this scripture, and I hope this doesn't confuse the way I'm reading it. But Matthew 18, it says, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, right? Then he says, 19, again. So when he says again, he's going to explain what I mean in 18. You see that? It's an explanation so you can see a bigger picture. Truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Why that matters, right, is because we're going to talk about prayer. Right? This matters for prayer because what you loosen, right? We want to bring heaven to earth and we bind demonic spirits. We bind the devil from having a dominion in our lives and area and we loosen heaven upon us and upon people and upon people that we don't like. How do you get things to change? You change the spiritual realm, right? This, you bring spiritual realm to the physical realm. And that's what forgiveness is about, bringing the spiritual realm. So we bind demonic spirits. We bind the enemy. We do not allow him access, right? We 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 stop him, and and we're praying to bring heaven, right? And that's what we're going to talk about forgiveness, and that's what I want to see. You and I have that ability. The other thing I'll bring up that I don't hear people talk about is the Holy Spirit is with me always, and He is a person. So my question to people is, if I'm by myself. Do I have a person of the Holy Spirit with me always inside of me? Yes. Right? So I can be by myself with the Holy Spirit, and we are one. He's in me, and we are two or more, right? So there you go. That's something. So here's the part, right? The parable of the unmerciful servant, unforgiving servant. And this is the part, Tristan, that I think that it, it for people to get and understand and realize what, what happens at the end of this and how not to be hurting and in pain and out of peace. So I'm going to read this whole thing, and I'll try to break it down as we go, and we'll see how that plays out. But he says in verse 21, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now seven, the number seven is what? The word complete, mature right? It's finished, right? It's done. How many times? And Jesus doesn't say that. He says this, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now think about this. Seven is complete, and 70 is what? A generation. So after Abraham, right? Abraham, the generation was 120s, but we're in a generation of 70s. Jesus was in the generation of 70s, right? Adam was in a longer generation, and as as life went on, right, the generations came down and got to 120s with Abraham, right? And then with us, it's 70. So he's saying to forgive, right, 70 times, right, seven generations of completeness. You're never going to stop forgiving people is what he's trying to get across, I believe. And when I read that, 
I see that. And that's why I believe we live in a kingdom of forgiveness. Like one of one of the commodities of the king is forgiveness. We know that because we know what he sent his only son, right? Who hadn't done nothing. He humbled himself and became a man, right? Became sin, hadn't done anything wrong, right? Forgave us even before we knew him. It's a commodity. And what happens when you don't forgive is terrible. And a lot of people blame blame all that stuff on everybody else. But I'm going to show you that there, there's one person there's one person keeping you in prison. And forgiveness is the reason why you're in prison. Uh, unforgiveness is the reason why you're in prison. So now, right, Jesus says he's going to explain the kingdom. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. That's a lot, right? That's like a billion dollars right now, all right? Was brought to him. Since you were not able to pay me, the master ordered. Now, who's the master in the kingdom of heaven? Our father is the master in the kingdom of heaven, right? The father is the master. He's the father in the kingdom of heaven. My father, your father, is who he's talking about. Jesus is talking about our father being the master. And he ordered that account that he and his wife and his children, right, and all that he had, uh, had to be sold to repay the debt, right? Because there is something that has to be paid for sin. Forget Unforgiveness is sin. So there's a real debt that has to be accounted, right? Now, Jesus came and paid that debt for us, gave us forgiveness, right? When we, when we receive his, his uh, invitation. But then look at, look at 26. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him and be patient with me. He begged him, right? And I will pay back everything, right? The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That's what Jesus did, right? Right now, that guy said, be patient with me. I'll pay you back. But no, God had what? Pity on us. He forgave us. And he, for freedom, remember Galatians, for freedom's sake, never be again uh, put in a yoke of bondage. Never to be in bondage, right? But when the servant went out, right? So he left. He's free, completely free. He found uh, one of his other servants that owed him 100 co silver coins, like a 1,000 bucks, right? I don't know the number right now, but it isn't very much. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. And he says what the master said, pay back what you owe me, he demanded, right? His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. Hey, the exact same thing that, that he said to him, he said, you know, it says to the master, he says to him, right? It's amazing. Like he's saying the same thing, but he what? Refused. And instead he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that happened. Now think about that. The master is our king. And who are the other servants? Us, people outside. Don't you, when you see somebody holding something against somebody, don't you pray? And Lord, help them realize, look what they're doing to that person. This is real life. This happens right now with people that I know, that they pray because they're seeing, they're seeing things that are wrong happening to our lives, right? They're seeing people do things and people come and pray with you. Look, Father, look. 
And so when that happens, right, then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all the debt of yours. Remember earlier about the scary part about the forgiveness, right? If you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive. Now, are we talking about salvation or are we talking about walking in the kingdom? That's the scary part for everybody, right? We're talking about walking in the kingdom, right? Because on this side of the cross, you accepted the, so when you're looking at the cross that Jesus is on it, right? You don't know him and you're looking and you're realizing, man, look what he did for me, right? I receive his invitation to the kingdom of God. I walk into the kingdom. I look, I look back at the cross and I see, hey, welcome to the kingdom. Now get to work, <laughs> right? Now Jesus provides all the stuff to be able to do the work, right? He does all that. It's his kingdom, right? And he's providing all that. But we're actually living our life out in the kingdom. That's why we keep to do what? We keep coming back to him and saying, man, I know you forgave me for all this, but I, I, what is going on? Why can't I stop doing this, Lord? Haven't you said that to him? I don't want to do this. I want to not do this. I know I'm not that person. I'm not the old man. I'm the new man. Why am I letting this mind of mine be convinced to live that life? When my heart is full of you, my heart has you in it, right? That's what the purpose of our mind being transformed. That's the purpose of realizing what forgiveness is. So you actually start to walk in it. And it's like this, as, you, as you're getting offended, you walk and you don't ever hold on to it, right? And I found out from people that walk with God a long time, they actually get better at that because they walk with him and they do that. And it starts to become their lifestyle. They live that life. Right. But they, so the master calls them in. Right. And this is what I don't think everybody understands. Right. So the master calls a servant in. you wicked servant. He says, I canceled all your debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy right on your fellow servants, just as I had on you in anger, his master handed him over to the jailer. So see, he doesn't lose his salvation. But he gets handed over to who? Who's the jailer? The enemy, right? Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. So he hands a woman, women and men of God, because we're talking about servants of God. He hands them over and puts them in jailer to be tortured by who? The jailer until what? Right? You should, he should pay back all the debt he owed. Now, here's the question. How's all the debt paid for? Remember how we pray? Forgiving other people's their debts against us, he'll forgive his debts against us. So if you're feeling tortured, if you're not in peace, right? Who has put you in jail? Your father has you in jail, being tortured by the devil, by his dominion. Now, that sounds terrible. Like, how could my father ever do that? But your father knows what's good for you, and he knows that if you live in unforgiveness, you're going to live in a relationship that is not what he wants for you and him. Because unforgiveness, right, offense and unforgiveness cause your relationship to, to get smaller, smaller, and smaller. And you can't live out the destiny that he's put in front of you. You can't actually live out what God has had predestined for you. You can't live out for the good things that he's planned that you don't even know about yet. <clears throat> because to live all them things out, you got to what? You got to be in a relationship with him. It's like Jesus 
walked in right relationship with him, right? As man. And what he did is he was always having a conversation with the Father through the Holy Spirit. That was always going on. I hear and I see what my Father's doing and I do it. Right? So unforgiveness causes me not to be able to hear my Father, see my Father, and then if I can't hear and see what he's doing, how can I do it? That's the deadliness of unforgiveness for other people, for myself, and for the unforgiveness that I could hold against God, even though it's not something he can do. He cannot do that. So you're in jail. How do you know you're in jail? You want me to tell you? This is how I know I'm in jail. This is how I know that I got to go to James 5, 15 and 16 and go to somebody that I trust with my life and go with them and tell them what's going on that I can't get rid of the offense. I can't forgive this person. I need help. Right? That's what that scripture is for. I know that because I'm not walking in peace. I'm not walking in joy. I'm not walking in love. Remember earlier I talked about uh, compassion. I'm not walking in compassion. Right? So here's how you know you're not doing that. When I think, remember I said you have to forget with your mind? It's not that you forget that they did it, right? Right? Because you're going to think about it. You're never going to be able to get rid of the thought. That would be unwise to let somebody do something to you and never remember it so you let them do it again. That's, that's not wise to do that, right? Does that make sense? Because we're supposed to be forgiving from our heart, and you're going to see that in a second. Matter of fact, I'll read it. So in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Now you pay somebody, you pay back everything you owe by forgiveness. I can, sh I showed you that earlier. That's why I brought the other scriptures up about that. And number 35, verse 35, this is how my heavenly father, right? Now we know for a fact he's talking about who? His heavenly father, who is my heavenly father and your heavenly father and anybody's father that has accepted Jesus. And he's there, and people that don't know him, he's their father when they do accept him. My father will treat each of you like this unless you forgive your brother and sister or sister from your heart. So you forgive from your heart. So when it rises up in your heart and you're being tortured, when pain comes up, right? When you think about somebody that's done something to you, remember when I talked about Wanda? I know that she would never do anything on purpose to make me mad or hurt my feelings or offend me or do anything. So I can forgive her easily because I know her and I forgive her from my heart. I walk in John, 1 John 1, 9. But when you don't know somebody, you don't know their heart that way. You're supposed to know that and view everybody spiritual like Paul says. But sometimes that's very hard. Like he, God even says this. He says, how can you have a relationship with me if you can't have relationships with people? A little scary right there, right? That's why we got to have forgiveness. Because if I can't build a relationship or, or mend a relationship or right or fix a relationship with people, then how am I going to have that relationship with him? And that's what the torture. So when it rises up inside of you, somebody offended you before, this is how you know you didn't forgive them. Because it rises up with you. So a lot of people forgive, 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 right? And then when they think about it, it rises up in them, right? Have you felt that? Don't say you haven't. If anybody ever says they haven't, right now they need to ask for forgiveness. Because they that is not true. Every human being 
has done this. That's why he has them two different scriptures to help him. That's why he's talked so much about this. That's why he's given us a way out. The way out is, right, to forgive people. Now, this is one of the interesting things I find. I've prayed with lots and lots of people, and this is what a lot of them and most of them do, is they start asking God to forgive them. So somebody did something to me, um, and they asked, Lord, please forgive them for doing this, right? Please, please forgive them for stealing my car, or please forgive them for that. But this is what my father said to me. He said, why are you asking me to forgive them? I already did. I didn't, I didn't tell, you, tell you to ask me to forgive them. I told you to forgive them. So when I spend all my days forgiving somebody, asking God to forgive them, he's telling me over and over and over, son, I've, I've, I've expressed to you that you need to forgive from your heart. You see 35? You see the other scriptures I talked about? It's not, we're not asking God to forgive them. He's already done that. That was the work of the cross that Jesus did. Now he's trying to convince us, hey, son, daughter, the only thing you got to do is forgive them. And the moment you forgive them from your heart, when you think about that, right, when you think about what they did to offend you and you really forgave from your heart, you're not going to be tortured anymore because torture, right, is anger. Remember I read Ephesians? Anger, bitterness, rage, malice, all that stuff goes away, right? When you forgive, all that stuff is called torture for a man and woman of God. That's how you know you really didn't forgive them, that you're trying to forgive them with your mind, right? Or you're asking God to forgive them for something he's already forgiven for. So what can he do? What can God actually do? Is it possible to God forgive them a second time? And if you say yes, the interesting thing about that means that you have to put Jesus on the cross again. If you think you ha he has to forgive him a second time for that sin, you're now putting Jesus on the cross again. You can't do that. He already did everything, right? See how that works. So it's it's you forgiving. And people run around thinking they forgave and forgave and forgave, and they wonder, God's not real. He doesn't really, this doesn't work. Being a Christian doesn't work. Well, when you don't understand the principles of God, they're not going to work. Because if you continue to ask God to forgive that person, Nothing's going to happen because he already did it. Now he's saying to you, and that's the key to Matthew 18, 15 through 35. That's when I talked about he's not trying to get you to kick the people out. He's trying to get you to bring them in. And a lot of people try to get rid of people that what? Offend them. They're going to put them over here and keep them away. That's not what God wants to do. He treated the tax collector and the pagan with love. Matter of fact, one of them became his disciple, Matthew, the guy writing this. Think about that. The guy that was a tax collector is the one that wrote this, that Holy Spirit wrote through him. It's an interesting thought to me, right? The worst of the worst, a tax collector. So Jesus is inviting him in, right? Mary, the sinner, he invites her in, right? Samaritan, the Gentile, right? Gives her living water. All the people that she tells about Jesus come to believe in him, and they become, they receive forgiveness. They be, receive living water, rivers of living water, right? The thing here, bud, is this. When you ask God to forgive somebody, 
he can't help you because he's already done. He's already given his principle out here, right? Because you see the first part, he's wanting us to forgive everybody. The disciples are freaking out about that. How is this possible? Because this is the teaching for years, right? Performance-based relationship. How can, And the Pharisees are the ones that have relationship with God because they got the money. These guys knew that. They thought that. They thought the successful people are the ones that had the relationship with God. Jesus came to change that, right? Heal the brokenhearted, right? He didn't come to heal the righteous. They're, they're righteous, right? But my point is like, so you see that they're, they're wondering this. He tells them this story. Then he goes on and tells them, hey, you bind here, you bind in heaven, it's bound, right? You loosen uh, in heaven, it's loosened here, right? And then he goes to explain more of that, right? Hey, when you're together with people and you pray, I'm going to do it. My father's going to do it. Because he's talking, this whole, this whole thing is about forgiveness. Remember the forgiveness in the beginning? This is how you get rid of it. You come together, you pray. That's why I bring in 1 John and James 5, 16, the two different ways to walk in forgiveness. And then what do you have to do? You have to forgive from your heart. You, you, you cannot forgive from your mind. Are you going to forget it ever? So when God says, I forget it from east to west, right? Do you think he doesn't remember it? It's unwise for him not to remember it. It's unwise for us not to remember things. That's what forgiveness is about from your heart, because that's where we live from, right? It's coming out of our heart. What comes out of our heart, we live out. So if you forgive from your heart, you're not going to walk, and you're not going to be tortured. The key is this, I think. If you're being tortured anywhere in your life, you're not in peace. You're not in the fruit of the Spirit, right? You're not in the fruit of the Spirit, because the fruit of the Spirit is how we walk the kingdom of God out there. The gifts of the spirit, right, are how, how all that we deliver it, right? But out of the rivers of living water, right, there's there's coming out from under, out of us, right? That's the fruit of the spirit, right? Express Faith expressing itself through love, right, is all that matters, it says. A gift of the spirit expressing itself through the fruit of the spirit. Interesting thing. So, this is how I help when I pray with people, and this is what matters the most now. We can do all this, but if you don't understand that, and I hope I under, I made it clear. I might have complicated it a little bit. I hope not. But what matters the most is prayer. Yeah. So I want you to come off mute. I'm off mute. Okay. And we're going to do it okay. because what matters is prayer. Because, because this is what I learned, and I can't remember the gentleman I learned this 17 years ago from he was a famous preacher down in in la and i can't remember uh, his name i wish i could right now and give him credit okay? okay but i was at a conference out of the blue i ended up on this conference i don't even know why i ended up there like i got an email ended up in it i don't even know how but the guy talked about about praying and he said he had all of us pray and they were all pastors. And I'm like the only non-pastor there. Like I felt really weird because all these people I'm sitting around and talking with them, they're pastors and I'm not a pastor at all. Right. I'm a contractor. I'm like, what the heck are you doing, Lord? Why am I here? Right. But I, this is what I gained from it. The praying part. Mm. Because people spend all their time praying and asking God to forgive them and nothing happens, they stop praying because they feel like nothing's going on. They don't feel like God's working in their life, moving in their life. 
and he and he wants to move in your life. But if you're not living by the principle, right? This is something I wrote. Let me read something I wrote. And I want I want you to think about this. I don't, yeah, here it is. I don't think praying is a formula. This is what this is about praying, right? I'm I'm saying this is the way God wants us to pray. Mm-hmm. I don't think praying is a formula. I do however understand that God has principles, right? So we need to forgive like Jesus forgave to actually walk in the kingdom of God. Mm. So see, I don't think there's a formula. And I'm not trying to create a formula here, but I am trying to follow the principles of Jesus Mm. who talked about this. And I I believe I laid out where you can see this is what has to happen. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm not looking to create formula because that's just religion. But I am walking in a relationship with him. And I want to have better relationships with people. And the only way to do that is for me to forgive God when I feel like he has done something that I had an expectation. That's another thing. We put expectations on God that he never gave us anything. He never said anything about, but I just put it on them. So then I hold it against him because he didn't deliver to something that he didn't agree to. We do that with people too. So we have expectations which keep us from and cause us to be offended. And they didn't even do anything. Mm. Right? We do that with ourselves. We have expectations of ourselves that we never agreed to do. Mm-hmm. So this is, the, and this is what the gentleman showed me. He said, okay, to all of us, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get out a piece of paper. So get out a piece of paper and get something to write. with." And this will be the uncomfortable part for you online. <laughs> but if leaders can't do it in real life, Right. Then what are we really leading? Because leading is actually being an example, being a testimony of Jesus in our life. So witnesses can watch. That's what being a a pastor is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Leading by example, being a testimony of Jesus Christ and allowing people to be witnesses. So they come to know him. So I didn't tell you I was going to do this. And I didn't tell you that on purpose because I knew this might put you on a little spot, but I'm here because you wanted me to, and I love you, and I know you trust me. And I know this is it. So so I want you to pray with me. I'm going to pray, and you just pray with me this prayer, okay? Okay. Okay, so you don't have to close your eyes because God moves, and I want to watch him move sometimes. So eyes can be closed if you want. They don't have to be. I don't believe that you have to close your eyes and pray. I don't know where that came from. Because when God's doing something and I'm praying for I want to watch God do so. It's about (laughs) him, so I want to see what he's doing. So, Father, right now, Hmm. I pray and I come in agreement that Tristan is going to, uh, that you're going to bring to Tristan's minds something that he has an offense for the person and for what they offended him with. So, Father, right now, bring to Tristan's mind, bring to Tristan's heart, so he recognizes that it's coming from you, something that he has an offense for and who that person is. And so, Father, right now, I ask for you to bring that one item only, Lord. We only want one. One that you know that he's willing to forgive right now on this screen in front of everybody. And so, Lord, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you don't want us to live in torture. I thank you, Father, for your freedom that we can walk in your kingdom. And so I bless you and I thank you right now for the person and the thing that happened that he came to his mind in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Write down one thing that came, one person and one thing that came to your mind. So I'm pretty confident that I know something came, right? Yeah. And so when I'm praying, like I'll pray with somebody and we'll pray that prayer, right? 
and they might have 10 or 15 things come. Now we'll deal with all 10 or things, whatever comes to them, it doesn't matter the number. We'll deal with that right then because we prayed that God would bring things that they could get rid of today. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm asking for one because I don't want to, this is on a podcast or whatever, whatever you guys call this thing. <laughs> and I don't want to put it all out there. But but normally when I'm praying with somebody, other things will come up and they write them down. They write the person down and the what it is, right? The mm -hmm. debt. We're going to write down what it is. We're not just going to say we forgive them, right? So I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you to fall. And then I'm going to come in agreement with you that you're praying that. Because remember, remember the scripture in 18 and 19. What when we agree upon what? Something. Mm -hmm. He is faithful to what? Do it. See why the something matters? Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a person and the something, and you're going to forgive them from your heart verbally. Mm. And God's going to do it because that is his word. He has to do it. How competent is that? He has no choice to do this because he's the one that said this is how to do it. His principle. And we're only going to follow his principle. Mm -hmm. does that make sense yes and so the thing that you wrote down and the person that you wrote down you're willing to do that online to pray pray about uh, yeah out loud okay i'm just making sure because that's what no, so just... and so here's the thing we're going to do this one thing right now and i'm going to give you the guidance before we do this the one thing that you're going to pray right now and normally i would ask and i would pray with them that god would bring them whatever they're to get rid of all of it that they're ready to get rid of today because we can have tons of stuff and we're not ready to get rid of it today. Mm -hmm. It can be. So we pray for that. And all the stuff that God brings them, they write down the people, they write down a thing. And we come in and we pray about that being gone. We, they pray and forgive that person for that act. Mm -hmm. Right. And I come in agreement with that prayer that they're forgiving from the heart, not with the act who cares about the sin. I come in agreement that you're going to pray that you're praying from your heart. Okay. See, see the thing? It's coming from your heart. I know that probably seems like a like a formula, but that's what he's talking about. You have to forgive from your heart. So I'm going to agree that you're going to forgive this person for this in, uh, item, this debt, mm -hmm. and God will remove it and take it away. Okay. And then never again will it come back up when you think about it. Yeah. Okay, but now I'm going to ask you to do that. If there are a lot of items, I would ask you to do that like a month later. Because forgiving people is not is is not easy. Remember, I said that in the beginning. It's simple. See how simple this is? But it's not easy because we have all the feelings and all these emotions. Right. And sometimes it's exhausting to people. I prayed. We had one person I prayed with a husband and wife. <clears throat> Can I tell a little story first before we go on? Yeah. I'm driving down five. I'm driving down the five. These people are broke down. <coughs> I pick them up, take them to. I think I'm just going to take them to the gas station and get 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 something, and then I was going to take them back. Mm -hmm. Right? We get to there. They don't have the part they need, so I have to drive them all the way to Woodland. It's like an hour, one direction. Right? I committed. I'm doing this. I'm doing. It. I felt like God spoke to me to to help. You know, to help them get get fixed. So we get them all, we get them all, we get all that done. They're broken at a, they're broken down at a gas station. They're at a gas station, broken in. They didn't have the parts or any of that thing. So we had to, so go find the part, right? So I took them, I took them like an hour away and an hour back. I took them there and 
we had plenty of time to start talking. So we start talking and all this stuff comes up about their pains and their hurt with their family and their mom and why they're, why they're moving and all this stuff because of that. It, and God just started bringing all this to my heart about we, I need to talk to them about forgiveness and, and express this and show. And we prayed and we prayed for probably an hour and a half, like we're going to pray right now. And the, the relief from them, it's like I could, it was so spiritual, Tristan, I could feel the pressure from them coming out of my truck. It was so thick of all the pain. There were like 20 different people and items that we prayed for that they had been offended by. God was one of them. That was the last person that we, because God is a person, remember. Mm -hmm. That was the last person that we they forgave. And the relief was like, it was like so tight and so tense in my, in my uh, truck. And then when we were done, it was like, all peace came upon them. Mm. It was peace come upon you moment. Mm. Remember before when he said that in that scripture? Mm. When Jesus said that? You remember me reading that? Mm-hmm. I think so. Right? Peace come upon you. And that I watched that happen. I mean, I felt that. And I watched it happen, Tristan. It was like they had so much hurt and pain. And they were able to call the person that they needed to call and, and talk to them. Mm. And here's the thing about forgiveness. It, some people say that you have to go to the person to forgive, right? But what if they don't even know that you have anything against them? Do you think you need to go to that person and tell them you forgive them for that? You don't, because they don't even know that you have offense against them. They don't even know any of that. Why would you need to tell them? You can just tell them verbally. Everything We're in the spirit realm, right? It, it travels. You have life and death in your tongue. So if if somebody doesn't know that you're, you know, that you have something against them, because that happens a lot to people, you don't got to go tell them and make them know that you have something against them. You can do what we're going to do. Yeah. Even people that you that do know you have something against them, you don't have to always go tell them that you tell them this in person. You can do it because it's it's a spiritual thing, right? You forgave them. Yeah. And and we need to do this with ourselves. Yeah. So in 30 days from now, I want you to ask God the same thing. And, I'll, and you can call me and I'll pray with you again. Okay. But I want you to ask God, Father, whatever I'm ready for now to forgive people, please bring to my heart and my mind so I can write them down and write it up so I can release them. Because remember, I forgot to share this. When, when, when us who hold the forgiveness against the other person, where did that person end up? You remember? When repeat the question, remember, okay, so God forgave us. Our father forgave us. He calls it back, right? We go out and then our the person comes to us and we don't forgive them. Mm-hmm. You remember where that person put them and, in jail? Yeah. To be what? Till they pay back their debt. Yep. By the jail. So when, so when I don't forgive somebody, they possibly can be in debt. Yeah. And I forgot to explain that. So I'm in debt. I'm in jail because God put me in, my father put me in jail because I have unforgiveness for that person. I put that person in right jail, being tortured by the jailer. You want me to show you how that can happen? It happens with children a lot. Yeah. If I, if I hold stuff against my children, right. They don't know how to ask God. They don't know how to release you from forgiving. Right. So if you've done something to them, they don't know how to forgive you, and they're held in prison with you, being tortured. Because when you're tortured, they're tortured. 
That makes sense? Yes. Or did I confuse that situation? I forgot to talk about that earlier. Mm, that's good. So you put them in jail. They're in jail with you. And when you release them, guess who else comes out of jail? You and them because you forgave them. Agreed. Okay? Yeah. All right. So you got the person? Yeah. This is the simple, this is the uh, simple part, okay. right? Mm -hmm. So repeat after me from your heart. Now, where's your heart? Where's your spirit reside in you? Inside of me. Right here. Touch it. Touch the spirit of God in you. Okay. From right there, right? Where's your mind? Up here. Mm -hmm. Not from there. From right here, you're going to forgive. Okay. okay. So you're going to speak out. And you're going to say the person's name and what they forgive. So you're going to say, if it's Uncle Ken, you're going to say my name. And you're going to, uh, Uncle Ken, I forgive you for this. And, for, and say what you're forgiving them for. Mm -hmm. From my heart, in the name of Jesus. I, well, I don't know the lady's name. Then God knows the lady's name. Okay. So, lady, right? You you have a, a something for her. You know that is, who that is. Yeah. Your okay. heart knows who you're talking about from what you're saying. Yeah. So, lady, I forgive you for this, right? From my heart, not my mind, my heart, in Jesus' name. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna pray with you after that with it. Okay. Yeah. All right. You good with that? Yeah. Okay. From your heart. Okay. So concentrate on your heart. You heard people talk about when you walk into a building, you're right, you you focus on the Holy Spirit and you and make sure you bring the Holy Spirit out in front with you, right? It's that same thing. You find your whole your heart and you pray from that place. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go ahead. So, lady, I forgive you for making my night really hard at work and making my night harder than it should have been and overwhelming me to the point where I wanted to quit my job. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Okay. So how do you feel? Any change? Feel better. About you sure? Time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the items that she did that caused you to be offended, that made your life hard? Yeah. Okay. Say them. Yeah. See what I mean? You're being, you're the debt itself. You're, you're, you're forgiving that debt. If it's a hundred dollars, it's that. It's five dollars. Is this that money relationship is the item that they did to you, mm. right? It's not generic. It's it's specific, mm -hmm. and that's why you can make this be a, a, a formula. But I'm not. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not. It's okay. about relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do it again. Yeah. So, lady, I forgive you for not tipping me and for complimenting me but really not meaning the compliment i forgive you for uh sending your food back when the food was cooked good i forgive you for not being kind when i was being kind to you in jesus name from my heart in jesus name from, from my heart in jesus name. you feel that point of where your your heart is right because it's we can feel it yeah so father right now i come in agreement with that that Tristan forgave that lady for not tipping him, for sending the food back, for not being kind, for not being compassionate. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus, I, I come in agreement that he's forgiving her from his heart for them items in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen.
I feel better. Dude. So I'm I you forgave the debt from your heart. Yeah. We come together. We we you put out there what you agree what what the what the issue is. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not it's not a forgive mom, I forgive you for all the things you did, right? Mm -hmm. You your heart doesn't even know what you're talking about. That's why the connection of things. That's why you could you could forgive me for something today and a month now have something to forgive me again about that God brings to your memory. And they can be in layers because you can be holding them for a long time and hurts and they're deeper and you're not ready to forgive them. Because you're not ready, right? Emotionally, you can't handle it. And that takes time. They didn't have, you didn't have all this offense in your life in one moment, right? Mm hmm that make sense? Yeah. I hope that was helpful. This was wonderful. I mean, remember this. Mm -hmm. This is you. Walk in 1 John 1, 9. Hey, person comes to offend me. Lady, I forgive you right now for this. Boom, 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 boom. In mm -hmm. From my heart, in Jesus' name. Oh, this person comes and they, they cut you off. Mm -hmm. I don't know who the person's name is, but person that cut me off, I forgive you for cutting me off and flipping me off, and I forgive you right now in Jesus' name. And that's First John 1, 9. I'm living a life of forgiveness. Okay. And then when there are things that come to you that you just, for some reason, can't do that, you come to a righteous person and you tell them, hey, this, this is what's going on to me. Okay. Right? And then we don't get rid of them. No. Right? We pray. They come in and pray. We don't ask God to do it. We do it. He's given us a principle. He's given us, this is what I'm, my plan is for you. And then you walk in forgiveness. And then as you continue to do that, depending on the amount of stuff that you have in your heart, holding you back, members from what's in your heart comes out of your life, mouth, right? Your mouth. That's why clear, clearing your heart. Remember, he talks about uh, cleaning you of all unrighteousness. Mm. By getting rid of everything from inside of you out. That's the point of forgiveness. Okay. And offense is part of the thing. Not putting expectations on people without them knowing it. Mm. And you've done this. I know that. I've done it. Everybody does it. Yeah. So can I? So what I mean by that is we have sometimes we have conversations in our own mind with somebody and we never had a talk with them. Have you done that to your dad? Mm. Yes, you have. I have. <laughs> my son's done it to me. And then all of a sudden, my, you're holding me to accountable for something I didn't even know I was accountable. And then you get offended because I'm like, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. that's putting a, a un, that's putting a, a preconceived idea in your head mm. and preconceived ideas are not agreements, right? So an expectation that I agree upon is different than mm. expectations that I didn't agree upon. Does that make sense? Yep. Like if you ask me to do something like you asked me to get here today, right? Tonight on, on, on this night and do this, then if I weren't to show up, right, you mm -hmm. could allow that to offend you. Yeah. Right. Or if you said you were thinking that you talked to me or you, you know, you didn't talk to me and you could hold something against me that way. Does that make sense? Yes. You have to be conscious of that stuff yourself. Yeah. You're right. All right. Well, okay. this is really good, Uncle. <laughs> I think I hope so. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Um, thank you. Do you have any questions? Um, I did. I did actually. Let's get into them. Actually, all right. Let's get some questions. Yeah, let's get in some questions real quick. I, was I gonna... really care what you think. You know, don't you don't probably know that, but I I want to hear what you have to say to, to tell you the truth. 
All right. Well, I'll go and do something real quick. Yeah. I think that um, I um, something you were talking about, Aunt Wanda, and I love how you are um, seeing her identity before her, or like her spiritual identity before her um, physical identity, you know? And that's what I really recognize is what you're doing is um, something we're learning in school is um, if we, if we, know, if we hear that they have a prophetic calling, that they're called to be a prophet and you see them doing something else, you honor them for their calling because that's what their, their, their title is in the spirit. Right. So I think like, like that is spot on what you're doing with Aunt Wanda. And I love that. And I think I'm going to take that into my own relationship. And um, I just wanted to know, like, what are some keys to um, building or to, to um, continue to see people's identity and who they truly are? Like so you honestly, so I believe that the only way that you do that is spending time with God. Mm. Cause as I gaze upon God, I become more like God. Mm. Right. Mm. When I spend time with Jesus, I become more like Jesus. Mm. And I think that the more time I spend with Jesus, well, my friend, Pastor Harry, said, okay, Ken. Well, his wife told him this. She said, I know I know you love the spiritual, but you still got to do your laundry. You got to do the practical. Mm. And a lot of us people that just want to spend time with God all the time, all the time, we got to remember to do the practical, right? You got you to gotta do your laundry and stuff like that, do dishes. So I never want to forget that. I put that in there. I just remember what Pastor Harry said to me. Always, always, always make sure you take care of the practical. Mm. Because the Jewish people believe this, doing practical things, Working is unto who? The Lord. So it is spiritual. So all them practical things, loving on your wife, taking her to dinner, you know, doing special things for your children, your kids, other people, the practical things of life, that's spiritual too. So you don't want to forget that. So what, but what I'm talking about spiritually is spending time with him in his word, prayer, gazing upon him. The Bible talks about uh, gazing on creation and seeing him, all creation, right? cries out to God mm. to be that person right that that's always crying out to God because you become more like him mm. and the once you start to become more like him you start to see what he sees boom that's it right there that is and you hear what your father's saying yeah and and is your father gonna go tell you to to kick that sinner out no. I don't think so is he gonna say you know Put that tax collector out. No. no. He's going to tell you, right? To heap coals on their lap so they come to know him. <laughs> and you're going to receive a reward for loving him. Because coal is a representation of cleaning. Hmm. That's That That was uh, amazing. Like the way that you connected that to Isaiah. I've never heard of that before. So I just want to honor you with that because that's something I haven't heard any pastor or teacher ever say before. Um, how with that cleaning, do you think that um, some of the offense that we get, like you're saying, like you can uh, be offended and they have no idea that they offended you. Could that be demonic um, entities talking to you in the spirit, trying, uh, trying to offend you, trying to make you walk in offense? Well, I believe that, yeah, because that that's how I, Wanda has said things to me, my wife uh, has said things to me that, uh, that felt offensive, mm -hmm. right? And I know that that's not her. That's not Wanda. I know her. She's a woman of God. She has Christ Jesus living inside her. The Holy Spirit 
She has the father. The Trinity lives inside of Wanda. Mm -hmm. And so that's not um, the nature of Wanda anymore. Right? That's the nature of Satan to do that stuff. Yeah. It's not the nature of Wanda because Christ lives in her and not Satan. So he comes to her and says things that she actually comes in agreement. It could be based off of something I said, a past feeling, a hurt from years ago that she's never forgive somebody else from. Mm -hmm. And she could take it out to me because I'm the closest person she knows. And she knows I love her with all my heart. Mm -hmm. So that happens. I know that's what that's what we're talking about. It's principalities. We're not fighting each other. We're fighting principalities. Darkness. Yeah. So that's who you're fighting. So when that negative thing comes that she said something to me, I know it's not her. I know because I, uh, I have a better relationship with God. And as I keep going that I recognize what God looks like. It's a hundred dollar bill, mm -hmm. right? You don't, you, you don't look at the fake to know the truth. You look at the truth and recognize the fake. If you're always looking for the good, you're going to see bad's going to show up. But if you're always looking for the bad, good hardly ever shows up. Mm. Think about that. If you're always looking for good, which is what we're supposed to do, yeah. the Bereans were a more noble character in the Bible. The Bible says that. I like, why does it say that? They're men and women of God, but they're no, more noble. And the reason they're more noble is they went to prove Paul right, not prove Paul wrong. Now, going to prove somebody right, if they're wrong, will that show up? Mm -hmm. Yes. But if you're trying to prove somebody wrong, of course, you can find anything to make them wrong. And you'll never look again for the thing that's right. And you'll miss that they're right. That's why as men and women of God, we need to go after right things in the good. The bad always shows up. Right. Mm -hmm. We're light. When the light shows up, the darkness flees. Yeah. So we need to be that person. So when Wanda says something to me that I know is not of God, of, of her, of who she really is in Christ Jesus, then I, it has to be the devil. Mm. Here's the real question. Here's the real question, Tristan. Mm -hmm. What about when it comes from your own self? Because you'll believe yourself more than you'll believe anybody. So what if inside of you comes, you're this, and you start to believe it, then you take it in your heart. That's where you have to forgive yourself for that behavior because yeah. you, you become offended for how you are and you receive that I'm an idiot. You receive, I can't do this. You receive, I'm not good. You receive, right? Mm -hmm. All this negative stuff and you take it in and you become offended. And then all of a sudden you're thinking that God's not even moving in your life. Yep. But he is, he's always beckoning you, mm -hmm. always beckoning us, non-believers and believers. It's true. And I think that um, that can stop us from stepping into the true purpose that he has for us, you know? Totally. Yeah. Tristan, I, I think that, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. What you just said right there. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between lots of people are at, right? Unforgiveness. And that's our main topic. Mm -hmm. So if you don't understand what the work of Christ was and did for you on the cross, Right, you can never ever understand grace mm. because the work of the great, uh, the work of the cross that Jesus did provided the grace to be a child of God, even when you don't feel like a child of God. Mm -hmm. I think that this is an opinion, and I'm not a pastor, I'm not nothing, I'm just walking as close as I can to Him and wanting to get closer, right? Mm -hmm. But I believe 
forgiveness and unforgiveness is such a key to walking in the kingdom and your purpose because you will not believe what God has for you with a, holding offense in you. You cannot see our father in who he truly is, right? Without being in the mind of Christ, in Christ, mm -hmm. right? I tell people, people talk about, you know, scripture. And they've always said, man, you, you've learned scripture. Your, your knowledge of scripture is amazing. From day one, I just had God download the whole Bible. Fill out, and I'm not bragging about what I'm saying. Is they, they, but none of that matters, right? You can have all that. It, but if you're not walking it out, you're not living it. You're not being the witness. The Bible talks about, um, and I don't remember if this is in Philemon or Thessalonians uh, 111 or two, uh, 2 Thessalonians 111. But the, the more you share your testimony, the more the more faith you gain. Mm. Right? The more you're walking with God, the more. And so when we start getting offended, right? We close up and we stop being a testimony of Christ Jesus in our lives. And nobody's witnessing it. And the, and the less you do that, the more you get offended. And the less you do that, and the more, and then people aren't seeing it. All of a sudden, you're all, you're a man and a woman of God, but you're, you're in the fortified city. Mm. It doesn't mean you're not saved, because they don't understand the difference between being saved, Jesus' work on the cross, and his forgiveness mm -hmm. that I talked about. Like, that, that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, should can you can you have offense against yourself yes you can i didn't i didn't uh i didn't uh average you know i didn't uh, meet up to my expectation i put all these expectations on myself right expectations are preconceived idea preconceived ideas are sin so when tristan or ken or anybody puts a preconceived idea i can do this on and then right and then we don't meet up that we become offended with who and then if you don't forgive yourself that fence and change it, then you can in the cycle yep. with yourself. And then you do that with people. Yep. And then you do that with God. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you can't have a relationship, people, this is a clear indicator I, for myself, for me. If you can't have a relationship with people, how are you going to have a relationship with him? Mm. It's very difficult because, right. It's all about what communication yep. and Forgiving is what about communicating, right? From where your heart, the same place, right? Where you communicate, where does he reside? His spirit, right? Is here. So having that relationship building like that, it's like I've had people give words of knowledge to me, right? And they'll say it, it comes to my brain, but it has to get to your spirit to know it's real. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you know it's coming from God. He speaks from here. That's why you, you know, I yes, I want I do I will admit, and I think most people will admit, I don't know why we want this. We want God to come and talk to us like he did Abraham or Moses or you know, Adam come physically and talk, right? But what's funny about that is the is we have a better way of talking to him because he lives in us. Mm -hmm. But we don't realize how amazing that is. That's why. We are great. Anybody that bo is born again is greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. prophets because we have the Holy Spirit residing in us and can walk with him in the relationship in the cool of the day. Where's the Garden of Eden? Could be inside of you, huh? The kingdom of heaven and where? Walking in the cool of the day with him all day long. Anyways, I hope I hope I you had any more questions or we're good. Oh, we're good. I would love for you to pray over everybody. 
if you could. And, and I just want to honor you. I'm so grateful for you because I think that um, no matter you, you say you're just contractor, but so is Jesus. And I think that <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't want to like compare you to Jesus, but I want to do say, I want to honor you to that limit where it's like, I believe that God, um, that you, that is not a limit to what you can do. I think that you are an amazing man of God. And I think God is not done with you. And I think that you, um, have a calling on you that, um, is stronger than anything I've ever seen. Like the way you can communicate like you did today to actually lead someone to true forgiveness is just absolutely beautiful. And I'm so grateful for you to be on my podcast. So thank you, bud. Yeah. I love you. Okay. So I love you too. So Father, I'm going to pray right now that you come and clarify anything that I said that wasn't right. Anything that I said that was confusing. Mm -hmm. Anything that I needed to simplify, Father, I ask that you simplify it for everybody mm -hmm. right now in the name of Jesus. What matters is that you're glorified and that people come to know you closer. I believe in my heart that forgiving and releasing offense will allow us to become closer to you. Uh, walk closer to you and to express your love in a greater way because love covers a multitude of offenses. Yes. And so I ask father that you continue to work in my heart for forgiveness for the things that I haven't been willing to give up that you work in Tristan's heart and anybody that you sent to listen to this podcast. I pray father right now that you uh, let them know that forgiving people is a kingdom principle and forgiving people is one of the, uh, principles of the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God is at hand and within them and that they'll just be willing to uh, release people and allow people to be free and allow people to not be in a yoke of bondage Amen. that uh, the yoke that they can be with is the, the yoke that belongs to Jesus mm. and he carries all that burden so I ask for you to help them with that help me grow us closer to each other and to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, please be sure to hit that like button and comment down below if you were um, saved or helped and we'll send you some uh, information on where you need to go next. All right. I love it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can stay up to date with all Bethel Moments content.